Welcome to the Knicks Wall at the Buzzer. My name is Josh. My name is Dean Joanna. And we are starting this new segment of the Knicks Wall podcast where we're going to do after game recaps. And today's game was the Knicks at Pacers. It was a rough loss. I'm not feeling too well. Dean, how are you feeling? Um, pretty much sick to my stomach. Um, I'm going to start off by reading a tweet of mine from August when there were some Mitchell Robinson and Miles Turner trade rumors in which I said, watching Miles Turner actually shoot the threes completely destroys the fantasy of what he's supposed to be. And Miles Turner shattered his career high for three-pointers made in a game tonight. So I'm not feeling great about that. Yeah, it was rough. I was always of the understanding of saying that Miles Turner, the thought of him was better than with the actual production. But today, for some reason, he wants to go off against us. I think he dropped seven threes, hit the two first ones of the game. And the second those went down, I knew it was about to be a rough day for us. So, of course, it's... Yeah, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson blocked his first three-point attempt. I was like, oh, here we go. Off to the races. Comes back, drills a three, drills another three. He was in a groove. He was stepping at them with, with like confidence too, so you knew it was going to be a rough day all around. Yeah, and I, I like Mitchell Robinson on a switch, on a guard on the perimeter, but when his assignment is at the three-point line all game, that's tough. I feel like that's tough for the whole rhythm of the defense. It was pretty bad because Julius isn't good for, you know, defending down there against the bonus especially when he's supposed to provide like a vertical lob threat or sperm protection in that kind of way. So definitely see that Mitch Robinson's trying to balance between going to the perimeter, staying back to kind of provide us with that rim protection was very difficult for him, even though he's really good generally, but I think, you know, he can't do everything. Yeah, and if uh, if that was rough, then Nerlens Noel checks into the game, which is amazing to see. You know, happy to see him check in. I was excited, but first assignment he draws Sabonis, and he never does great with a strong, a strong and persistent matchup. You know, like Sabonis has the post game. Sabonis has offensive rebounding, and I think the first defensive possession I saw from Nerlens Noel. Um, he reaches on the inbounds pass on the Sabonis post up, uh, gets burned a little bit, but he had time to recover and he just kind of froze for a second. Sabonis went right up for a layup. And then I think one of the biggest stories of the game was, you know, Noel contesting well at the rim and then just not grabbing the rebound. We gave up a lot of rebounds off the top of my head. I'm not sure how many, but it was tough to watch. Yeah, it was a very tough game for us, but I think I was excited for Noel coming into. But I didn't think this matchup was good for him at all. He struggles with size. I mean, that's been kind of the story of his whole entire career. Um, I mean, six rebounds. I think he did okay, not great on that end, but 
you know, he goes for a lot of steals. That kind of leaves him susceptible to getting beat. And I feel like Taj, even though I don't know how he's doing, I think he had ankle issue. But, I mean, he was available this game. I don't know why he didn't really get any time, especially when there's two bigger guys in Miles Turner and Sabonis. Even, what was his name? Yeah. Goga Bataze was cooking. <laughs> I think he, he, hit, he hit, like, two big threes in what was the third quarter. That kind of, like, killed him. He hit one early and one late. Oh yeah. man, those were killers. Those, those were killers. And yeah, and with um with uh the with Nerlens coming back, it's like it's really nice to have Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel, and Taj Gibson. And I'd love it if you know Obi was more in the center rotation. But it seems like when uh, Tibbs has both uh, Mitch and Nerlens Noel healthy, he just plays them in you know their respective units. And doesn't give too much consideration to you know putting Taj in against certain lineups. Um, he did that a little bit toward the end of last year, but there's times where I feel like it's pretty it's pretty clear that Taj would be the better the better fit on the court against uh, some certain matchups, and instead we have Nones Noel out there kind of overmatched physically. Yeah, for sure. I feel like after seeing you know Nerlens not play as well in the first half, I feel like. He should have switched it up. At least give Taj a little bit of minutes, even at the end of like the third, to see how what he does. And if he's not up to par, you know, you can put Noel back after that. But you know, it was, it was rough. Yeah, we've probably gone too far without mentioning RJ Barrett. Um, another pretty awesome game. Twenty-three points, five rebounds, three assists, uh, eight for twenty from the field. Uh, but there's there's a couple you know last minute heaves in there. Um, and his, I just thought his composure stood out, uh, especially in contrast with Randall, who was a little, uh, was a little bit out of control at times, trying to do a little bit too much. Kemba Walker went two for eleven. Um, for me, RJ and Derrick Rose were kind of the steady presences, and Obi three for three in eleven minutes. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking about hoping like leaving RJ for the end because. <laughs> he was one of the only bright spots of this game, in my opinion. You can you can just see his his composure. I was saying that he had the killer instinct, just so that whenever he had the ball, you know, staying composed, getting to his spot, getting to his left hand, and driving. Um, for most of the game, he was finishing really well. I know at the end, he's getting kind of flustered, you know, trying to get to the basket, but um, all around, hitting his threes still consistently. You know, even made a couple mid-range jumpers, which is always good. His float has been really good as well this year, too. Just that touch around the rim. His handle's been really good as well. Uh, you know, to use that to leverage himself to get to the basket. And Randall, another rough game for him. I know he's – I don't know what's going on with him. I think his energy goes up and down at times because, like, sometimes you'll see him sulking on the court. And then he'll just speed it up and he'll get straight to the basket. Like in the fourth quarter, like he got, got up for like a a putback dunk. And I'm like, where was this the entire game? And it, it goes up and down with him. You know, you can see him deferring, trying to defer to like Kemba Walker at times. I know Kemba didn't have a good game, but it's kind of weird how him and Brandon don't have like that two-man game developed at all yet. But like, you can kind of see that with Fournay, even 
when like even when Fournier is struggling, you can still see Randall and him moving around in, in spots. I feel like it's always just ISO with Kemba and Randall. So one gets out the way and one moves out, which gets sees some more, you know, continuity with those two. But yeah, RJ was really bright spot for us. And you know, the past was it four games, all above twenty points. It's really beautiful to see. Yeah, and um, getting back to what you were saying about uh, the two-man game with Randall, um, when they have it going, him and uh, Randall and Fournier, it's really fun to watch. It's a very much a supercharged version of what Randall had with Bullock last season, because um, Bullock was Bullock was looking to catch it and put up a three with whatever space he had. Fournier's got a lot more of a dynamic offensive game. Um, watching them play off of each other is kind of a treat. So as far as Randall goes, it's kind of like last year we asked him to be Superman and he achieved that a lot of the time. And then sometimes we would see toward the end of games when he's at 38, 39 minutes, you see it in his, um, in his body language. You know, he's tired. It's been a little too much. And what I'm a little curious about is that he seems to have those stretches now early, early in the game when I don't expect him to be gassed. I know that, uh, I know that he's in great shape, um, you know, physically looks the part, um, but there's just something, there's something in his, uh, in his drive so far. And I'm a hundred percent sure that um, he'll get right back on track and we won't be talking about this much. There've been a lot of overreactions on Twitter. That's a timeless statement. But uh, I've got a lot of faith in, in Julius Randle getting back. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it's in his head. Like, I know there's a lot of more scoring options, so it's going to take him a while to get into rhythm. But, like, I see him passing up on a lot of, like, open threes, trying to get to, like, his mid-range game. But then he'll settle for, like, a contested jumper. And then, I mean, there there hasn't been a lot of it going on recently, but earlier on in the season, there was a lot of him trying to get those ISO positions at like the nearby the three-point arc. I feel like that's gone down a little bit. He's been trying to get to the basket a little bit more, get into his spots. But like even like that right sideline, the jumper that he used to hit consistently, that's been off. I think he just needs to get back into an offensive flow. It might take him a couple of games, but once he starts to get cooking, I feel confident that he'll you know, stay consistent for the season. Just want to point out one guy that really caught me off guard in the beginning of the, the game that kind of gave this, the Pacers momentum was Torrey Craig. He, I think he was out hosting the entire team, and he finished with 12 points, seven rebounds, two steals. You know, that's one of those guys that, you know, you can see when his, his impact is always on the game, and, you know, he was a guy that was out hustling our entire unit whenever he was out there yeah i had a feeling that rick carlisle would love uh tory craig um the bucks let him go for nothing i thought that that was strange yes um i think he's always been a little bit undervalued and he hit one um he had like a turnaround mid-range uh you know like fade with some really nice touch today and um when he's got that going, like that's a very complete player because he's got the defense, a great slasher, and he could shoot it. He's been playing pretty well for the Pacers, I think, recently, especially when, you know, Brogdon and Levert were out. Like I saw one game he was leading them in scoring. 
but yes, you know they they're a good team all around. They have depth, especially when they're all healthy. I know Warren has been out for a while, but you know even without him, they still have a lot of pieces that can you know hurt you on a off night. Even like Justin Holiday had an off game, but you know he's a guy that can come off the bench and light it up. You know, TJ McConnell, I knew he was going to hit that one three in the corner because he always has one of them a game, and those will hurt you. Yeah, and then they said that that's his 11th attempt of the season. <laughs> He's never been a, a terrible outside shooter, but I know it takes him a long time to get it off. He's pretty hesitant with those. But they had everything going. See, they were 16 of 41 from three. That's a lot better than the Knicks did. Knicks were 5 of 24. How do they only shoot 24 threes? Yeah. Do you have the number of what they have been shooting on average? It's, I think they're probably top three in the league, if not, like, number one. But I think it's been, like, at 40, between, like, 38 and 40. I think that's what, like, Derrick Rose said they're aiming for, but it's they've been high up. The offense has been pretty good besides, like, the last couple games. Don't know why we're getting to such a struggle. I think we came in third in offensive rating. Yeah, we were third in offensive rating coming into this game. Yeah, and that seems to be with with um with RJ Barrett and Randall never really going off on the same night with yeah. efficient scoring nights from the field. Of course, they both play well in the same game, but I feel like there's um there's a lot of positive to take away right now. Of course, the Knicks could easily be seven and one right now. Honestly, they could be eight and zero. Oh talking about the Orlando game, but you're never going to expect that. Things are going to happen. Um, but I think for the offense that I've been doing as well as it was with Randall struggling on offense, there's a lot to be happy about. And obviously we're giving up a lot on defense right now. It's, you know, I think I got comfortable with last season, maybe too comfortable, just taking for granted that they were going to D up every single night. And we got other teams exploiting holes in our defense that I didn't think would be there. Yeah, the defense has not been as as crisp as it, as it was last season. I know it took us a while to really get like locked in on defense last year, so it might just take a while again this year. But you know, it, it's very you no know, discouraging seeing how you know teams are able to, especially beat us in transition. Yeah, it's it's a team thing. And I'm a little bit surprised. I'm a little bit surprised for a Tibbs team that had a full training camp to come in and have problems with transition defense. I mean, you just wouldn't expect that, especially with the continuity they brought back with the roster. Exactly. I feel like, I mean, a lot of that can be attributed to those, the threes are taken, you know, a lot of the long rebounds, guards being able to get, get out in transition after those. But even then, like, you should be able to, you know, get back on your heels, get back down to court. And, you know, a lot of people blame that on Randall, but, you know, that's a, that's a full team effort. Got to make sure you get back out. And, you know, I mean, people will talk about Kemba Walker and his defense. I don't think it's been as bad as, you know, people were claiming out to be. He does hustle. He, I mean, he fights over screens. I mean, sometimes he gets kind of caught, but he doesn't fully die. He's, he's still there behind the person's back to, you know, you know, maybe get in a passing lane or two, but I don't think it's been all that bad. It's just, you know, I feel like it's effort at the end of the day. No, I definitely feel the same way. 
it just seemed like last year for the Knicks, I think they knew that they weren't top of the league offensively. And they never, they just never rested on defense. Like I don't remember ever being frustrated with their effort on the, um, and it's not like, it's not like we watch these games and they're just not trying, not hustling on defense, but there will be stretches where they're getting beat over and over again. And it doesn't seem like they take it quite as personally as last year's team did. Yeah, I feel like they're over-reliant on their offense. I think they know that they're a good offensive team, especially like Randall and Julius looking at their team, see we got a lot more shooting. And like they're probably going through practice right now saying that we're making these shots. And I'm, especially the first couple of games, you can see that you know they're making their shots and they think that once they go up into a, a lead, they can get back in it just by hitting some threes and get into that an offensive rhythm. But you know, when those those shots aren't falling, how else are you gonna get back into a game and you know we're struggling with with that aspect yeah just really you just touched on the bench real quick i think you're saying derrick rose played well i think alex burks had a a better game than usual he hit two for five from three had some big pull-up threes for us um but you know man quickly still struggling i know we had a floater and Another basket, but his three-point shooting has not been good. I, he didn't even take a three today. That's that's pretty shocking. But Obi did. Obi played well off the bench as well. But no, I don't think. Don't even think you can blame it on the bench production. They still gave us decent production. It's just you know, starters. Kemba Walker had probably his first poor game. You know, this is the first game he didn't make a three. I think he was shooting pretty ridiculous from three before this. And, you know, you just got to get back to the drawing board and clean things up. Yeah, if you look at plus-minus numbers, uh, Mitch Robinson, game worse, minus 15. RJ and Julius, minus 14. Campbell, minus 11. Fournier, minus 7. Looks a lot better for the bench. And maybe we should have seen some more of the bench. OB 11 minutes, quickly 14 minutes, even if quickly wasn't spectacular. Um, I don't know if there's anything to this, but I felt like last year, anytime quickly really had it going, um, you knew that he had a chance to close the game. And I wonder how much of a difference it makes, you know, in a player's mindset to know that they're a little bit more set in their role. Like last year, you know, everyone was pushing for quickly to start at point guard. We had Alfred Payton at point guard. It was obviously a disaster. Um, there was a thought that quickly could play well enough that he'd end up starting at point guard, closing games at point guard. So I think that now kind of, you know, just embracing a backup shooting guard role where some nights, I think opening night, he played eight minutes. It's tough for him to get in a rhythm that way. He is definitely a rhythm player. Yeah, for sure. He's playing a completely different role. It's not similar to Obi's role from last year where he had to just come in, be instant impact. And Obi's been getting used to that role. Um, it's going to be a, a big switch for IQ. I think his minutes are definitely going to go down this season. Only playing maybe between 10 to like maybe 18 at max because, you know, Tibbs is going to rely on the starters. And Evan Fournier has been playing a, a good share of minutes. And even... Alec Burks getting 21 minutes a game. So 
you know, Ike is going to have to come in and give the instant impact and try to find his spots and pick them a little, little bit better. I think sometimes he goes into ISO a little bit too much, even though he does want to get his shots off. Um, I think just if he can just be a little bit more of catch and shoot, maybe that can get him to a rhythm. But, um, you know, it's it's going to probably just take time with him. He he works a lot in the offseason working on his game. So, you know, maybe a little bit of it is in his, in his head a little bit. But, you know, I'm not too worried about him. I know he's a hooper and he puts a lot of work in it. Things, you know, that'll that'll show at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's the thing with this team. I mean, they really are so deep. I'm so high on their depth, so high on the bench. Um, and I really think, like, every combination of five players that they can put out there, I like. I think any combination of five players could have success. Of course, some, some lineups more so than others. But it seems like, you know, you get toward the end of a game and the Knicks, you know, don't have the lead. Um, you can always say, oh, how come this guy didn't play more? Maybe we needed some more of this guy. Like the Knicks are so deep that, you know, if things aren't going amazing, you can always point to something like that. A few times already this year, I've felt like Fournier hasn't come back in in the fourth quarter early enough. I feel like he's good glue for the offense. Yeah, I was uh, It feels like at times, like, you know, you can't go wrong between Kemba and Derrick Rose, but, you know, if, if Kemba's out there and the team's struggling, you can't help but think if Derrick Rose was out there right now, you know, how would things be going? So it's just about mixing and matching a little bit and finding the right combination. Yeah, we do have a lot of good combos. I was a little concerned, like, when Fournier didn't come back in the game until, like, the five-minute mark. I thought he was going to close up Burks. But, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting game. I think Fournier is a guy that, even if he's having an off-shooting game, I trust his shooting enough in the clutch just to – you know, help us out in those regards. So I think Tibbs is probably going to close with him for the most part. Um, yeah, looking, after watching, yeah. Yeah, now I'm looking at that. It's kind of weird that he kind of closed with, with Kemba Walker. Maybe he probably could have went with Derrick Rose at the end of the day because he was playing better. But, you know, either one of them, you can't really blame them because they're, they're both quality guards. That's the thing with Kemba. Like, I'm not saying that he's not – you shouldn't be closing games. It's just if he doesn't have it going, if he's 2 of 11 from the field, you know he's not exactly helping the defense, not raising the floor of the D, not raising the ceiling. Um, and he's not a bad defender, no, not by any means. But sometimes you just have to think, you know, what could we be doing a little bit differently right now? I don't think we should have a set five that closes the game. And I don't think Tibbs does, but it seems like Kemba is in that guaranteed closer role for now. Like we saw in the double overtime game, he went with Kemba in the first overtime. And second overtime came around, he went with Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose kind of brought us home. Yeah, for sure. So do you want to talk about the next upcoming game against the Bucks? Any expectations, hopefuls, what you're looking up for, matchups? Coming into a couple days back when I looked at this stretch of schedule, I was thinking – no problem with the Pacers. Hopefully, split with the Bucks. I could, I could still see the Knicks taking one off of the Bucks. You know, the Knicks tend to show up for big time opponents. Um, I'm looking forward to that game, even if you know we might be five and four after next game. Could have been a lot better than that. I think we squandered some opportunities, but um, maybe that'll be what uh, what Randall needs to get locked in again. You know, he's going to draw the assignment on Giannis, I think, for big portions of the game. 
I'm looking forward to that. Probably. I feel like they're probably going to do a, what they did with Joel Embiid, kind of blitz him a little bit, trying to make him make quick decisions. Probably try to get Randall and, you know, RJ to blitz him a little bit. But, you know, that would be a really interesting matchup. You know, I, I definitely think Knicks will come prepared for them. And if they don't, they'll – especially if Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are back. I don't know if they're back yet. I think they've been injured for a little while. Probably check on their, their health reports. But, you know, if they're playing and they don't bring it, they can probably get blown out the gym. And maybe that maybe that's good for us as a team. You never know. But, you know, that's – I don't want to say a must-win game, but – that that would be a pretty big statement game for us. We, we kind of need a wake-up call. You know, these past two games, you hopefully that's what it's been, seeing us lose to two teams that on paper we felt like we were evenly matched and they should have been closer games, like especially this game. I just I just noticed that we didn't have lead at all this game. Even if it felt kind of close, we got within like two points at one point. But – is it was basically all control from the Pacers from opening tip. So, you know, you hope that you get a better effort next game versus the Bucks, And, you know, after that against the Pacers, no, what is it, the Cavs on, on Monday. Hope we can get a good showing from them as well. Yeah, just got to get right. And it can be not, you know, not looking for moral victories, but yeah, when you know, you know, as a Knicks fan, where their heads are at, I think we could come out of this game with the Bucks. Just uh, with confidence. It's all about confidence. Looks like RJ is dripping with confidence, but I think we need the Knicks to have confidence in themselves as, as a starting unit, as a bench unit, as a closing lineup. We just need everything clicking. Yeah, for sure. Just as a, a whole team, everything looking crisp. Hopefully Kemba playing with some more confidence. RJ continue his, his strong performance the past few games. Fournier get into a groove. You know, it's locking in and playing on the defensive end and letting that lead to, you know, more buckets and consistent offense. I'm excited. Honestly, I'm excited, even if I'm a little bit hurting right now. Yeah, it's it's a it's not a good introduction to the the pod, but <laughs> you know, hopefully next game is looking more optimistic and full of joy and I can, you know, come on here and be a little more excited and have some better talk on points. I think that'll definitely make it easier. It's easier easier to remember good talking points. So yeah, this is our first pod. We'll be back on Friday to talk. You know, the Pacers game was rough, but let's get, let's get a W against the Bucks. Let's get a W against the Bucks. I'll catch you guys. Uh,